0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Contentment in our media-driven age is hard to find and harder to keep, wouldn't you say? There's always something newer, bigger, or better to buy, and then there's always someone else who has what you want. When we feel unsatisfied, we can become obsessed with the new and the next and the next. The aim of advertising goods and products is to get people to be discontented with what they own and strive to buy more and better products. Advertising reduces our resistance to say no. I believe that contentment and self-control go hand in hand. And we know that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control in all areas, not just things, but people, Um, coming on to people that you shouldn't be coming on to. We need to control ourselves not only in spending more than what we have, but also to stop complaining when things are difficult and challenging like we saw in 2020. And who knows what 2021 will hold for us. You know, it's discouraging being around people who are constantly complaining and dissatisfied. Moses had his hands full with millions of people who made the road to the promised land very unpleasant. I love what Oswald Chambers says. Discontent is like ink poured into water, which fills the whole fountain into blackness. While we do need new things, we must avoid becoming obsessed with them. Those things we expect to bring contentment surprisingly do not. We cannot depend upon contentment to fall into our laps from education, money, or status, because contentment arises from a divine source that money and material possessions cannot purchase. Yet somehow, we can never get enough. John D. Rockefeller was at one point the world's richest man and first American billionaire. When a reporter asked him how much money is enough, he responded, just a little bit more. That just goes to show that no matter how well we live or how much our wealth, chances are we may still not be content. Jesus said in Matthew 16 verse 26, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? There is a quality of the Christian life that we must learn if we are to become strong believers of the Lord, especially when facing life's adversities and challenges like the COVID-19 pandemic. We must learn to become contented people Paul wrote in Philippians 4 from verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, I just want to bring a bit of a balance because Pastor Andre speaks of having a divine discontent in his book, Successive Breakthroughs. But this is in the context of rejecting limitations, a completely different thing. Like Jabez, who went to God, he did not go to God complaining, he didn't go as a victim, but he prayed believing for a breakthrough in his life. Now there are certain times we must be content, certain seasons like we find ourselves in, certain circumstances that are out of our control. There are also certain things we must not be content with, otherwise our life will never improve. You should not be content with a life that's not blessed, where the hand of God is not on you, where you are being limited and you are experiencing harm. One of the things Jabez asked God for is that no harm will come to him. So we need to look at things in its proper context. Even Paul, who learned the secret of contentment, prayed to be released from prison which shows that contentment is peace while we wait for what we are believing for i'm speaking today on learning the secret of contentment another word for secret is a mystery you see it's a wisdom issue the mystery and secret things of god this is a secret That the natural world knows nothing about. The world is obsessed with the new and unnecessary. So we must be careful with how we interact with the world and not allow ourselves to imitate the world because we are in the world, but we are not of the world. James 4 verse 4 says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I believe too much of the world has crept into the church. And when we look at the life and writings of Paul, there is so much to learn about the Christian life, especially in these days that we are living right now. I think we must be careful even when we listen to artists and um, the songs that they sing and the words that they sing. Um, Listen to the lyrics carefully and ask yourself, does that line up with my values? You see, the world can so quickly creep into our lives. And the next thing we are aligning ourselves with the world and becoming friends with the world and the values of this world. The Christian life is not using God for all our selfish desires. It is not just getting things, but giving our lives and serving God in obedience and sacrifice. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, you are not your own, you were bought at a price. So I want to share my first thought with you of how I personally learned one very important secret of contentment so far on this journey because I believe it's an ongoing lesson in life. So my first thought today is be content with the Holy Bible. Now perhaps that Is not what you expected me to say as my first thought today, but I'll tell you why I want to go there. It is because as a young Christian, I had many struggles with the Word of God. I had many questions that I wanted answered, and for that reason, I went to Bible school. I went to Bible studies. I did everything I could to to get the Word of God into my life as well as agree with it and be content with it. To me, the Word of God is the foundation of the Christian walk. I remember saying many years ago, someone preached and it stuck with me. God said it and that settles it. If I'm not content with the Bible, God's irrefutable Word, then I will not be content with my God. I will be wasting my time because God and His Word are one. You cannot separate God from His Word. John 1 verse 1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I cannot say. I love God, but not His Word. You see, that was kind of my dilemma in a way. I needed answers, and I really believe there are certain things in the Word of God we are not going to get answers for, but we've got to take God at His Word. We've got to accept that there are secret things that belong to God. The Bible is known as the whole counsel of God. If we do not like some parts, we do not love the whole counsel of God. I'm sure you've noticed that the world is trying to rewrite the scriptures and expects the church of God to put aside the ancient truths and follow the God of this world. I also believe that Christians should read and study the word and stop asking, where does it say dot, dot, dot? If you are serious about God and the things of God, read his word. So we need to decide whom we will serve and find our contentment in him and his word. As we are looking at the writings of Paul today, he came to a place where he could say in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I had great Bible teachers in my youth as a Christian and I have to thank those I followed ahead of me in the faith, who stood the test of time, who embraced the whole counsel of God. I am the person I am today because I followed them as they followed Christ. People who did not disregard the truth and held on to their faith. They are either still running the race or passed away with their faith intact. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 to 8. And Paul writes, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, I trust that Pastor Andre and I will be that for many. The Jesus I encountered in January 1974 is the same Jesus I serve now. And I would not want it any other way. He will be the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever. And so before we look at the life of Paul, I just want to say and make a declaration. And perhaps you can do the same. I'm content with the word of God. I mean, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It leads to life. It brings answers. It is water. It is food. It does everything that a Christian needs. Secondly, today, Paul learned to rely on God's power and provision. He rested in the fact that God was in control of his life. He learned some things are not going to happen overnight because as I said earlier, contentment is peace while waiting. John Stott said contentment is the secret of inward peace. Now we know there are many secrets of the Christian life that the world could never understand, but we cherish them and we hold on to them because it's like a reward God gives us, amen? Paul focused on the Lord as sovereign, as saviour, and as the all-sufficient one. In Philippians 4, 13 and 19, there are two verses that stand out to me. He says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus hasn't given us unlimited strength. We're not like Superman and Superwoman now, but we can experience contentment because we are a continual recipient of supernatural strength. Our human determination may help us to endure adversity and pain. Our emotional toughness will help us get through job loss and financial hardships. But only the Lord can generate a contented spirit within us amidst all that is happening around us. Paul's strength depended on the power of Jesus at work in his life. His motto was, I can, through Christ, it can be our motto God faithfully fills every believer with his own strength and sustains them in their time of need until they receive provision from his hand. Like Paul, we too can rely on God's power and provision and learn the secret of contentment. My third thought today is Paul learned to live on the basis of his position in the Lord. Paul describes his blue blood heritage as a Pharisee of Pharisees. And clearly, he still was not content. But notice the change in his thinking when he met Jesus. And we read this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. He learned that he served the king and was thus seated in heavenly places with him. He wrote in Ephesians chapter two from verse four, but God who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our Trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and made us sit with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's a different way God's people live and conduct themselves when they discover this amazing privilege They discover they belong. They discover their God is king. Therefore, they will steward their lives differently and have a God confidence and contentment, no matter their station in life, no matter how it looks from the outside. Yes, Paul was once a Pharisee of Pharisees, now he's in prison uh, in rags and, and probably starving to death, but he counted all as loss. I read about a widow who lived in a one-roomed house. She did not have a path to a front door, just a wooden plank that was laid over mud. The pastor of the town was going door to door as he was raising funds for a new church building. When he came near her home, he thought, I cannot ask this widow for finances for the building, but I do not want to walk past her home and ignore her. So he knocked on her door and she welcomed him warmly and said, I've just cooked a nice curry. Please share it with me. There is more than enough. He was humbled and felt so bad. Then she stood up and said, I heard that you're collecting funds for a new church facility. I'm so excited about the new facility. She said as she walked towards a curtain, which was her wardrobe, and took a jar of coins and notes and gave it to the pastor. At first, he did not want to take it, but she insisted and said these words, I saved up for this, and I am part of God's kingdom. You see, she knew her position in Christ, and she learned the secret of contentment, and the pastor learned a valuable lesson that day. The fourth thought for today is Paul learned that we must share what we have. This too is a secret that will bring contentment to all of us because you don't lose when you give, you actually gain. And we read in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is a lesson Paul might have learned because he was a Pharisee with great means and probably was himself full of selfish ambition and vain conceit. He would have looked down on the poor and those of humble means. Now he had a heart for the poor and lonely. If we are truly contented, giving to God, His church and others will not be difficult in any way. It will come naturally to you. As we count our blessings, we will see how much we actually have. As it has been said so many times, we are never more like God than when we are giving. God gave His only Son and so much more. The secret here is that it is more blessed to give than to receive. It doesn't make any kind of sense, but it is part of the secret things of God. The widow that I shared about in the previous point learned the secret together with her position in Christ. My fifth thought today is Paul learned the secret of letting go of the past. Philippians 3 verse 13 to 15 reads, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. We cannot hope to ever gain contentment while holding on to past failures and mistakes, ours or others. Remember, Paul stood by when Stephen, a disciple, and others were killed for their faith. There's a difference between ignoring past wrongs and forgetting them. Forgetting means that we work through the process of forgiving others and allowing God's forgiveness to cover us. True forgiveness requires that we see the wrongs clearly, articulate them, we admit them, release them to God and then walk away from them. This process may take some time and some assistance, but without it, We will never have a contented heart. Paul learned that contentment came as a result of God's forgiveness. And if the enemy came to haunt him with the past, he fixed his eyes on Jesus and kept running the race. My sixth thought today is Paul learned that his life was hid in Christ. We read that in Colossians 3 verse 3, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He also said in Philippians 1:21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, I don't see this verse in the daily promise box. I see many other verses, but not that one. The cornerstone of contentment is the cross. Remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Because of the cross, we are freed from the chains of sin. Because of the cross, our salvation is secure. Because of the cross, our friendship with God is possible. Because of the cross, our future in heaven is guaranteed. Isn't that enough? What else really matters? The really big things are taken care of. Our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Because now our lives are hidden Christ, when life takes a sudden twist and we find ourselves wanting or lacking, contentment is to find peace even when life is turned upside down. Contentment knows that if we have Jesus, we have everything. And what else we may need, He will supply according to His riches in glory. I want to close with a very well-known story of Horatio Spafford, who wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. This hymn was written after traumatic events in Spafford's life. The first two were the death of his four-year-old son and the Great Chicago Fire in 1871, which ruined him financially. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to England with his family on the S.S. Ville du to help with D.L. Moody's upcoming evangelistic campaigns. In a late change of plan, he sent the family ahead while he was delayed on business. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel, the Loch Earn, and all four of Spafford's daughters died. His wife Anna survived and sent him the now famous telegram, Saved Alone. Shortly afterwards, as Spafford travelled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write these words as his ship passed near where his daughters had died. I will read a short portion. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. When we learn the secret of contentment, we too can say it is truly Well, with our soul. Well, church, I trust that the Word of God touched your heart today and it inspired you to learn the secret of contentment, to walk closer with God. And perhaps today you may not be walking close to God. I would like to pray for anyone who needs to encounter God, who is the God of contentment. He's the God of contentment and so much more. Also, I would like to invite anyone who wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We need Jesus not only to bring contentment, but also to forgive us our sins, heal our broken hearts, and so that we can spend eternity with Him. So if you want to receive Jesus today, you may pray this prayer after me. Dear Father God, thank you for the length that you went to by sending your only son to earth to die for all mankind as a sacrifice for sin. I open my heart to Jesus now and believe he is my Savior and Lord. I believe he will forgive me for my sins and I believe he will wipe my slate clean. Thank you, that not only am I receiving Jesus as my Lord, but He is receiving me as His child. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.